please be aware that the comments, views, opinions shared on this podcast are not meant to diagnose a medical problem and or legal problem. If you do have a medical problem or legal problem, kindly contact a professional. Welcome to another episode of An Apple a Day. I'm your host, Jimmy Apple. But today you're not getting the whole apple. No, you're just getting a bit, a bite, a slice, an apple fritter, if you will. We're going to continue on from Friday, February 1st, when we were talking about marijuana. Now, before we start, let me just remind you, An Apple a Day is brought to you by www.famousapple.com. Famousapple.com is the home site for this podcast, and there you're going to find articles about the topics we discuss, connections to our Facebook page, ways to hook up with us on Twitter. You're going to find connections to our free message boards and our free chat boards. So go over there, check it out. Uh, Let me ask you something. Do you agree with marijuana being legalized? Do you? Honestly? I don't. I don't. I think it's a crock of crap, to be honest with you. You know, it's <laughs> it's still going on today where they're trying to outlaw cigarettes. They're telling you secondhand smoke. They have no concrete evidence that secondhand smoke actually does anything except for stink. But there is no cemented evidence. There's, there's evidence that says smoking cigarettes is, is bad for your health. That I'll agree with. But there is no concrete evidence about secondhand smoke. Now, one thing I can tell you, there is evidence that secondhand smoke from a joint, marijuana cigarette, uh, can give you a contact high. Whether you smoke pot or not, it can give you a contact high. And if you're in a room full of people that are smoking pot, you can come out smelling like you smoke pot, and you can come out with it in your system, whether you believe that or not. This is the truth. Now, you can go into a bar. Think about this. You can go into a bar, and you can be in there with a bunch of people drinking all night, and if you don't drink, you're not going to come out with alcohol in your system. You're just not. It doesn't. It doesn't do. It doesn't work that way. You can't get into you unless you actually drink it. But pot. If you're in a room where people are smoking pot and you're breathing, which is a normal human function, you have to breathe. You're going to number one get it in your system. Number two, you're going to get a contact high, whether you like it or not. And number three, if someone tests you for pot, you're going to test positive. Yeah. <laughs> Believe it or not, that's the truth. So all of this, all of this uh, legalized pot, I, I'm just not so sure about it. I don't like it. I don't think it's a good idea. I don't think it's good for the for the country. I don't think it's safe for the citizens of our society. That I don't think so. Because think about it. You got somebody. All right, you didn't smoke pot. You didn't smoke pot. You didn't put a joint in your mouth. You didn't nothing. But you were in a place where someone was. Now you happen to inhale it where you were there, just because you were breathing. And you go out, you get in your car, you got a bit of a contact high. You get in your car, your reflexes are a little affected by it, and then you get into an accident. God forbid a million times over, you kill somebody, and even though it's not your fault, when they test you, you're going to test positive for pot, for marijuana in your system, and it's going to be your fault. There's too many things that can go wrong with legalizing pot. The other thing I... I I know this sounds like a conspiracy theory, and I've read it on Facebook, I've read it on Twitter, I've had conversations with some 
some people that I know, some friends, and they all seem to believe that legalizing pot could be a backdoor way for gun grab for legal from legal gun owners. And you know how much the Democrats right now want to grab the guns from legal gun owners. But if you if you're a registered pot smoker, if you go if you go and get a marijuana card, you know, legal for medicinal purposes, now you're using a drug. You're no longer eligible to have a legal gun. How can you how can you be a drug user and own a firearm? And that makes sense. How can you be a drug user and own a firearm? So these are all things that, to me, it's just too much of a gray area. All this, well, you'll, you'll legalize pot and everyone will be happy. You know, that's how they used to do it with, you know, people like uh, Hitler and Stalin and all of them. Yeah, make the people happy. Take their guns away and then look what happens. I, I know it sounds like a conspiracy theory. You're probably saying, yeah, you're a conspiracy theorist, Jimmy. But, you know, you got to think these things through. You got you to gotta look at all angles on it. But anyway, if you were listening to Friday's podcast, all right, on February 1st, it was Sleep Away and Reefer Madness. That was the name of the podcast. If you haven't listened to it, I, I'd say go back and listen to it. Uh, I said that we were going to continue today with another study from Medical News Today, and it's on how long can you detect marijuana in your body? Now, I'm not doing this to help you pass a drug test to get a job or something. I'm doing this to make you aware of all the angles that marijuana, uh, different angles how marijuana affects you. You know, think about this. If you drink alcohol, you go to a bar and you drink alcohol and you go out and a policeman pulls you over, he gives you a breathalyzer test, you blow the breathalyzer test and it comes up 0.02. See, you're under the legal limit you're not legally drunk according to the police. But there is no way to put a limit. There is no way to put a, a, a stipulation on drugs. They can't they can't define when you are significantly stoned or not stoned. The only thing they can say is it's in your system. So when you go out and if you just say you smoked a, a joint, just say you did. 15 days ago, you know, depending on certain things, that joint can still be in your system. Well, not the marijuana itself, but the THC from it. And that can still be in your system. Now, God forbid a million times over, you get into an automobile accident and it wasn't your fault, but they test you and you test positive for pot. All of a sudden, it's going to be your fault because you have this in your system. So I want to make you aware of how long this stuff can stay in your system. And I also want to make you aware that, you know, you're getting in the car sometimes with somebody that's driving that you know is a pot smoker. I I want you to have all the bases covered so you can make an informed decision about this. Personally, I think it's nonsense, but you have to form your own decision on it. So let's look at this. This is a a study from Medical News Today. How long can you detect marijuana in the body? THC, the chemical in marijuana that makes people feel high, can stay in the body for several days or even weeks. The length of time this chemical stays in the body or continues to show in drug tests depends on many factors. These include how much body fat a person has, how often they consume the drug, how much someone smokes, and the sensitivity of the drug test itself. Drugs such as alcohol may completely disappear from the body in just a few hours. In comparison, marijuana lingers much longer. Drug tests can detect THC in urine, blood, 
and half for many days after use, while saliva tests can only detect THC for a few hours. This is because of the way the body metabolizes THC. THC is a lipid-soluble chemical. This means that it binds to the fat in the body, which increases the length of time it takes for someone to eliminate THC completely. Marijuana Detection Windows Research on the amount of time a test can detect marijuana shows a wide range of averages. Research from 2017 estimates a detection window for a single marijuana cigarette of about three days. The same study emphasizes that detection windows vary and depend on how often a person smokes. It showed for someone smoking a marijuana cigarette for the first time, tests test may detect it for about three days. In someone who smokes marijuana for three or four times per day, the detection window is five to seven days. For a person or people who smoke marijuana once a day or more, tests may detect it in their system for up to 30 days or longer. Detection windows also depend on the kind of test the person undertakes. General estimates for various marijuana tests are as follows. Urine tests can detect marijuana in the urine for approximately 3 to 30 days after use. Saliva tests can detect marijuana for approximately 24 hours after use. Some saliva tests have detected marijuana for up to 72 hours. Hair tests are the most sensitive test, detecting THC for up to 90 days after use. However, these tests are testing the oil in the skin that transfers to the hair, and so they are they are or may occasionally show a false positive. A person who comes into contact with a THC user could theoretically test positive on a hair test. Blood tests can only detect THC for three to four hours. Now, how how much do you have to smoke to fail a drug test? Drug tests can detect relatively small quantities of THC and the amount of THC in a given marijuana cigarette varies. However, little research has examined exactly how much a person must smoke to fail a drug test. Studies consistently find that frequent marijuana users are more likely to fail drug tests than infrequent users. A 2012 study in the Journal of Clinical Chemistry examines marijuana users smoking a single marijuana cigarette with 6.8% THC. Urine concentrations of THC were highest 0.6 to 7.4 hours after smoking. Usually a higher sensitive urine test, researchers detected THC in the urine of 100% of frequent users and 60 to 100% of infrequent users. A 2017 report on testing where hair samples from 136 marijuana users reportedly heavy light, or no use of marijuana. For the study, researchers cut hair into one-centimeter sections to test for exposure of up to a month prior. Some 77% of heavy users and 39% of light users produced positive tests. No non-users had positive test results, suggesting that false positives in hair tests are relatively rare. Factors that influence detection. Numerous factors influence whether a test detects marijuana, including the following. The test sensitivity. More sensitive tests can detect lower doses of marijuana. Tests include blood, urine, 
hair, and saliva. The THC dose. Marijuana drug tests look for THC, not marijuana. So the amount of THC that a person consumes is, is a significant factor. The effects of THC are cumulative. This means that a person who smokes several times over several days has consumed a higher THC dose than someone who smokes once, and so they are more likely to test positive. The strength of each dose of THC also matters. Without sensitive laboratory equipment, a person cannot reliably determine the strength of the marijuana. How high a person feels is also not a reliable measure because numerous factors other than the THC dose can intensify or weaken this feeling. Body fat. Since body fat stores marijuana, people with higher body fat concentrations may metabolize marijuana more slowly than a person with less body fat. Body mass index, or the BMI, is one way to judge body fat. However, since weight and therefore BMI increase with muscle mass, BMI is not a perfect measure of body fat. Sex. Typically, females have more body fat than males. This means that females may metabolize marijuana slightly more slowly. Hydration. Dehydration increases concentrations of THC in the body. While drinking lots of water is unlikely to affect the drug test significantly, severe dehydration might. Exercise. Exercise will not significantly change the rate at which the body metabolizes THC. Exercising before a drug test, however, might. A small study of 14 regular marijuana users assesses the effects of 35 minutes of exercise on a stationary bike. The results conclude that THC concentrations increased by a stati statistically significant amount, suggesting that exercise right before a drug test may increase the likelihood of a positive drug result. The researchers believe that exercise may cause fat cells to release THC. In their results, people with higher BMIs had more significant increases in the THC levels. Metabolism. For a drug test to be negative, the body must eliminate THC from the system as well as the metabolic chemicals that have links to THC. People with faster metabolisms typically eliminate THC more quickly than those with slower metabolisms. How to get marijuana out of your body faster. Ultimately, there are only two strategies that work for this. And they are concentration of THC in the marijuana and speeding up the metabolism. Proper hydration can prevent a drug test from showing unusually high THC concentrations. For people whose test results are on the border of positive and negative, this means that being dehydrated may increase the chances of a positive result. There is no reliable way to speed up the metabolism. Exercise might help the body metabolize more THC, but exercising too near to the test may also cause a positive result. The single most important factor is the time from the last exposure to the time of the testing. The takeaway on all of this is there is no way to accurately predict the amount of time it will take an individual to metabolize marijuana and eliminate it from their bodies. Home tests can help people test themselves for the presence of marijuana in their systems. For almost all people, marijuana should disappear 
or be very low in concentration within 30 days. For infrequent users, it may take 10 days or less for marijuana to leave the body. Well, there you have it. And now I'm not trying to help you pass a pot test, uh, you know, a drug test. That I'm not trying to do. What I want to do is I want to make you aware. You know, several things can happen. You may lend your car to somebody that you know smokes pot. And God forbid they get into an accident. You know, that's you on the line as well as them. That's your car. So, and the same thing too with your kids. If you have, if you have adult children and they buy into this nonsense, do you want them using your car if they're smoking pot? It's in their system. If they smoked pot a week ago, it's still in their system. And God forbid they get in an accident with your car. Again, it's you on the line. You know, us, the disabled, we have enough problems. We don't need this problem added into it. Now, here's something else as a disabled person that you have to think about. You're on medication for your other problems. How is this going to play into it? I mean, there's certain medications we can't take that we need because they counterindicate each other. So messing with these drugs, there's just, there's no sense to it. You know yourself, even with alcohol, you can't drink alcohol with, with most medications. This legalizing drugs makes absolutely no sense to me. What's next? What are they going to do? Legalize opioids because people like the feeling of that? This this legalizing pot's already creating a cottage in- industry. If you, if you listen to the last podcast, the one from February 1st, there's already centers open for people to get off of marijuana. There's only a handful of states that already legalized it. It's still illegal, according to the federal government. You know that. It's still illegal, but certain states are legalizing it. So they're creating these cottage industries that now there's rehab centers and rehab groups, and it's just nonsense. It's nonsense. And it's gonna it's gonna end up affecting us, the the truly disabled, down the line because they're gonna start saying, Well, people are hooked on marijuana now, so now they're disabled, so now we're gonna have to put them on the disability. And the people that are actually disabled that didn't do this to themselves are gonna end up coming up short because of people that wanted to get high. That's just my feelings on it. If you want to let me know how you feel, email me at admin at famousapple.com. I'd be glad to read your your answers on the podcast here, and I'll post them on the website. Anyhow, this is just a short little apple fritter for today. I just wanted to continue on from Friday. And I want to remind you, listen, things can always be worse. Remember that. Right now, there's people out there striving to be where you're at right this very minute. Okay? Listen, thanks a lot for stopping by today. I'll talk to you again on Friday. And have a great week. Have a great week, my friends. I'll talk to you soon. You've been listening to A Slice of the Apple here. And my name is Jimmy Apple. I'll talk to you on Friday. Thanks for listening to An Apple a Day with Jimmy Apple, your gateway to a happy, healthy life. Join our community at www.famousapple.com. See you next time.